0: One-size-fits-all seems like a good idea for clothes, until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at Participation Restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgie and Greer. Yeah, how are you, lads? Hello! Very good, how are you? I'm living the dream! The weekend's nearly over, but I've got a day off tomorrow because I'm supposed to be going to the cricket. Supposed to be, but the weather is not playing game. Be good to see uh, Stuart Broad in his last ever test match. Fingers crossed. How have your weekends been? We're recording on a Sunday, so Hodgie, what have you been up to this weekend?
1: painting today but managed to spill a hell of a lot of paint on myself and we're we'll not going to that but uh,
2: <laughs> yeah and i learned that you have a track record of doing the exact same thing of shaking paint cans
1: yeah it's not gone well i think i'd class as a serial paint spiller <laughs> <with> my
3: <laughs> career of painting
1: Aye, let's let's move on anyway Gray, how was your yeah. weekend <laughs>
3: <laughs> played a very quick game of cricket on saturday and then i was back to the house to help the wife decorate as well so we'll in this house
2: that's a weird thing to hear isn't it help the wife I know it's scary isn't it it's actually the truth but the, I mean that's the most shocking thing first of all that you have a wife but it's so weird to so now be talking about wives and that absolutely bonkers right okay well that's our weekends that was quite a quick roundup from the boys <laughs> <laughs> we've got a quick opening question so we are recording on Sunday the thirtieth of July and don't all shout at once but Which Newcastle player did we sign on this day 27 years ago? (laughs) Seeing as it sounds like you don't know, Grey, I'm going to go to you first. Let's take a guess. 98. Um, Separate guesses, please. Um, um, And quick game's a good game. Put you on precious.
1: 98. I'm going to lock an answer in. I'm going to go David Batty.
2: David Batty, 27 years ago today. Right, Grey, come on then. Oh, he might have been earlier than that. Oh! Uh, I I say that. Gary Speed. Gary Speed and David Batty, are we locking those in? No, I think David Batty's too You really. already said you locked it in. You, put, you were the one that locked your own <laughs> answer so. in. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. well, you're both miles off and you'll both be kicking yourselves. It's probably the most famous player to ever adorn the black and white and the number nine. It's Alan Shearer. So it? Shearer, yeah, he signed on Did this day. Did he not day. sign in 96? Well, whatever 27 years ago is... That's where you've gone wrong, guys. I'm not very good at maths, am <laughs> I? <I'm at>, yeah. <laughs> I've completely gone off your maths as well. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck's sake. Oh, I've been absolutely done like a kipper. It's terrible that none of us picked that up. That's fucking awful. But yeah, Alan Shearer signed on this day oh, 27 years be, yeah. ago. Of course it was, he says. Fucking That's hell. embarrassing, isn't it? We might do this again. <laughs> Let's just hope that every time we record someone signed on this day, 25 or 27 years ago, depending on Gray's maths. I'll have a calculator ready next time. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, because I forgot to do it last time. I'm going to start with a social plug this time. So you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast. We'd really appreciate it if you could give us a follow. And if you're feeling super generous, a five-star review or rating, that would be champion. You can find our podcast on Twitter at T-O-T-T Podcast, on Instagram at T-O-T-T underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. And Hodge, I believe you've started a Talk of the Toon Fantasy Football League, haven't you? The code that you'll have to type in, which I've put up on the socials, so check
1: them out on there. But if you want to get it now while you're on your phone, it's the number seven, lowercase T-O-U-A, and then the number eight at the end. So I think we've got about 11 or 12
2: people in so far. Hopefully we'll get a couple more in by the start of the season, which isn't too far away. It's not, is it? And we could definitely get one more if Grey pulled his finger out and actually joined his own podcast league. That would be great. <laughs> Thanks, Grey. I'm just waiting
3: for a good name. That's all it is.
2: You know, it's the hardest <laughs> part of fixing fancy football teams. Well, everyone just does the same thing and Googles them and just picks the one that they don't think most people have gone for. Right, so yes, we'd love to have you in the league. Chances are you'll probably win it over us because we're not very good. Although, how do you back yourself, actually? Although your wife is much better than you. I
1: picked her team for the first fucking oh, yeah. five, yeah. six months of the yeah, fucking whatever. league, which is ridiculous, but there you go.
2: She still won in the end, though, didn't she? She did, and she's never helped uh, give me any credit for that. So. <laughs> there you go, right. Sorry, she doesn't listen. <laughs> she will now. Uh, right, so let's, uh, let's crack on, shall we? So, fucking hell, a lot's happened since we last recorded. We've signed a player. We've played three games in the US, we've seen the rise to fame of a number of our academy products, and we've also shipped a few players out, some willingly, some begrudgingly, in terms of the fan response. So lots to talk about, but I guess the first thing would be our signing. So our next signing, our second, I guess, senior team signing of the season, which is Harvey Barnes. I know we covered him off in the last episode because it was nearly buttoned on, but It's now official. We've signed him. He's got some minutes under his belt. £38 million signing. Hodge, I think we said last time that what Harvey Barnes would bring would be goals. Are you excited to see him now in the Newcastle United shirt and wearing the black and white?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think he's going to provide us some depth in the squad as well and help that kind of rotation. He can kind of play anywhere across three areas that were left-hand, side-forward or winger. There's so many people there. It's it's mad. He could pick people out of the stadium and still have more numbers over. And then you've got the wide right where he can fit in nicely and then come straight through the middle in that kind of cam role as well. So it's more than just his goals or his assists. It's him being able to play as a bit of a talent across the whole pitch where we just might lack if we have injuries or anything like that. So I'm really excited to see him kind of progress and, and see what he can bring to the table, really. I just know he's going to be good. I've said so, he's going to be good for ages. Got to be.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think Gray said it in the last pod as well. Like, If you can do that in a poor Leicester team that got relegated, God knows what he's going to do in our free-flowing style. I mean, Gray, good signing for me. I really like it. He's going to bring that drive. He's going to bring that push. He's direct runner, likes to take a shot, gets goals, but also lots of goal involvements. What would you rate the signing of Harvey Barnes out of 10 now that it's official?
3: yeah I'd probably echo everything which you've just said and what Hodges just said he's just going to bring a good spark and actually it would be interesting to see how he settles in He's also got a few years on Anthony Gordon he's probably a very similar player but just bring a few more years of maturity to the team and I think it will be needed but he's certainly an exciting player and very versatile, which seems to be what we're going for in some of this younger and Ashworth-driven talent, which we're bringing in.
2: So it's exciting to see and yeah, watch the space in terms of goals going forward. You could be a politician, you. When I ask a question, you do your very best to not answer it. I did say, what would you rate the signing? So if you want to give me a rating out of 10, that would be great. Does don't know how you can rate a signing, to me, but yeah, I mean, i say... Uh, you, I imagine you could find it quite easy. Say 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. There you go. That wasn't too bad, was it? I mirror the sentiment. Nine out of ten. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking kill grass one of these fucking <laughs> Let's move on. Anyway. <laughs> so we saw Harvey Barnes in the black and white wearing the number 15. God knows whether that'll be his shirt number for the entire season. We'll see. But we saw him in action, first of all, I think for 20 minutes against Aston Villa in Philadelphia. I think that's where we've played, isn't it? So Indeed. Philadelphia, Atlanta, and then New York was the last one. New wasn't Jersey. It? Was it New Jersey? All right, fair enough. New Jersey. Uh, same fucking thing in it. So Villa three three. Don't think we want to go into too much about the specific match details, but we drew three three against Villa. We drew one one with Chelsea, and then we beat Brighton in the final game two one. Just annoying that all the matches were on at like half twelve. <laughs> Did any of you boys actually manage to stay up long enough to watch them?
1: No, nah. mm-hmm. nope. My dad stayed up for watch one of them and then texted me at 3.18 in the morning being like, I'm just going to bed now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to know. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> but I'll tell you someone that was there, and we very much appreciate We had a man on the ground, actually, for the Atlanta game, which is Hodgie's uncle, Craig. Indeed,
1: and uh, as any Geordie would, he went for the unlimited drinks package
2: that was of on offer with the
1: ticket as well. So... <laughs>
2: Strong. Yeah, so thanks very much, Craig. We actually have a little sound bite. So it's a post match review from the Chelsea game at the Atlanta, was it the Mercedes Benz Stadium? Said that a bit weird. Indeed. So, so. we'll uh, listen to that now. Well, hello, the talk of the tune team boys, Will, Hodgie, and
4: Grape. This is your other Hodgie coming at you from Hot Atlanta in the USA. Just sort of give you guys a little bit of feedback on the week that's been here with the Premier League Summer Series. I was lucky enough to be in the crowd, 70,000 at the Mercedes-Benz Arena to watch the lads come out and give Chelsea a good game. Up in Philly, there was 40,000, and I think in New Jersey, numbers were similar. The crowds have been fantastic. The weather has been ridiculously hot. The lads look like they're dead during training session, but like Eddie said, if they're training in this kind of weather, they're going to be ready for anything that the UK will throw at them. Atmospheres were off the charts. Great to see the Geordies and the black and white shirts walking down the streets, flags waving. Huge support for Miggy in the Mercedes Arena. I would say that, that that stadium is well worth a visit. I mean, if it's an MLS game, really good atmosphere. The TV coverage that we had over here was excellent on regular standard TV, no subscriptions required. And it was a really competitive preseason. It wasn't so friendly at times, the guys were given their, their all. Eddie had them up for it from coming out on the pitch. There were no flip-flops and post-holiday mindsets in the team. I think it looks good for the start of the Premier League. My lasting thought is that the kids are all right. The young guys played excellent. They look pretty poised on the field, playing in front of big crowds. And I'd like to see some of these young kids coming through here in the Premier League season. That's it from Medium Hodge here in Atlanta. And in uh, true talk-of-the-tune fashion, if my voice does sound a little hoarse today, it's probably because I was shouting a little bit of the uh, prawn sandwich brigade Chelsea fans that were behind me. All in good humour, of course, guys. The good thing was our ticket had unlimited drinks package. So I'm pleased we also took a hotel and stayed overnight. Anyway, that's it from Atlanta. Look forward to the podcast. See you, boys. Oh, well, thanks very much for that good
1: Craig. Not like we're jealous <laughs> at all sitting <laughs> back, back here in the UK. I think the thing went down an absolute treat, not only just for our club, but for every other club that was involved with the games over there. Philadelphia was packed out. Well, every game was packed out, really. So it's really helping us get a bit more of a reach out into a growing sport, which is in the US. So I think they've really smashed it. We had a good little run, like there was goals scored. A lot of goals conceded, but we'll, uh, we'll skip over that bit. <laughs> Miggy with one good finish. and Elliot Anderson absolutely running the state. He definitely went over and completed it. it. was Four goals in four games. You can't knock his confidence in his try-hard nature. I thought he was absolutely fantastic, the runs that he was making. I think, Gray, you mentioned before that he was the fittest guy in the whole tournament running around, which I totally agree. When I've seen highlights and stuff of what he was doing, seemed absolutely fantastic. I don't know what you guys have seen from the highlights, or if he actually did, well, he said he didn't stay for any games, but if anything that you've seen was anything
2: to highlight for you. Grass us up there, thank you very much <laughs> for that. I think it looks like, yeah, just echo that. It looks like it's been an absolutely fantastic series for Newcastle United. And it, it Kind of what I take from that is that our commercial team or certainly like our marketing team are on a massive push to drive Newcastle United and really take us to that upper echelon of your Man Uniteds and your Arsenals and your Chelseas in terms of like brand awareness and becoming a big club that's loved all over the world. Seeing like the number of fans that there were, especially in like New York for the last game. It makes me very excited that we're really going to drive on the commercial revenue front. And it's good to have not lost a game as well. Admittedly, three goals conceded against Villa, but a decent result against Chelsea. And obviously, we beat Brighton. All Premier League oppositions, obviously, you take it with a pinch of salt that it's pre-season. But good set of results and a good way to test some of the young blood, like Anderson, Lewis, Miley. So, yeah, really pleased. Gray, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, to play against three teams, we're going to be compared to a lot in this coming season. I mean, Villa have improved massively. Brighton, we all know how good they are and can be. And obviously Chelsea struggled a bit last year. But yeah, I think to come away undefeated, I know it's pre-season and probably trying different players out. Each team would have been doing the same. I think it just got to give you some confidence against those teams running into the season and playing Villa first stuff as well. I think it certainly will be an exciting game to watch.
2: Indeed. Thanks very much to Uncle Craig for going to the match in our stead. Uh, very much appreciate an invite next time. Thanks very much. Yeah. Second most
1: Geordie sounding person on this
2: podcast, I think. <laughs> well, it's, oh, not bit hard, <laughs> a bit wavy. Yeah. His accent's a bit all over the place, I think. How long has he been in the US, Hudge? Oh, God.
1: Years and years and years. I think oh, I can't remember when he moved there. I must have been about 12, maybe. So. Oh,
2: fucking hell. Yeah, 20 years at least then. So he not ask me to do the mass. you're not very good at dates are you (laughs) thanks very much Craig seems like you had a nice old time but yeah I think moving on to the matches the results are what they are it's pre-season as we say so you have to take everything with a pinch of salt but I can't remember whether it was Gray or Hodge such a long time ago mentioned the Geordie Maradona Elliot Anderson who's had a fantastic pre-season four goals in four games really the the standout performer from pre-season for us but also with a couple of assists along the way as well I remember him getting an assist for ASM's goal against uh, Gateshead, I think, as well as picking one up himself, I'm pretty sure. But really, really exciting to see some young Geordie talent coming through the ranks and staking a claim on positions in that team. The ones getting all the hype at the minute are obviously Lewis Miley, Elliot Anderson, but you've got Jay Turner Cook is in there as well with players like Remy Savage and Alex Murphy coming through as well. It's one thing that we've not had for a very long time Is it, Gray, an influx of Academy products really, really being in your face and and actually being part of this senior setup?
3: Yeah, I think it's possibly an area which was heavily overlooked and deemed not as important, but I think the whole football culture has probably changed a bit. To have so many really, really promising and really talented youngsters coming through and developing extremely quickly at a very young age is only going to be good for the club. Whether we go down some of the Brighton model of selling them on with big money will help us strengthen our first team or even if you look at the likes of Anderson and Miley who looking to be pushing what is already probably the strongest midfield we've seen at least in our generation in each hassle is only good and bringing that competition to some world-class players. Just so excited to see his development going forwards. I mean, we've had long staff come through and Matty is probably fell foul, foul to the Bruce-isms. And yeah, probably had a few others who were unlucky with the management and structure at the time, but it seems like we've got some solid foundations there now.
2: Yeah, I forgot to mention uh, Jamie Miley as well, Lewis's brother, who also featured quite heavily in preseason. I mean, Hodge, what do you think has been the issue to date? Uh, uh, Gray obviously talked about the, the two long-staff boys probably being the, the most recent Academy products, but looking at the setup now... Prior to that, you're going all the way back to Paul Dummett, who's about 407 now, who seems (laughs) to have been at the club for about that long. Um, Is it, you know, do you think it's the setup in terms of equipment? Is it a lack of attention on driving the academy? It's been under the microscope for a long time. Or is it the fact that managers in the past, like your Bruces, like your McLarens, just haven't really been that adept at fostering and bringing through talent from the academy?
1: I don't think they've really been allowed to. I think it was probably under the Ashley Dynasty, as I'll call it. I think he was just more. Of, I just want the first team to work and continue to be in the Premier League. And if we go down, then we we buy in to, to get us back up there and don't trust the youth because I think quite a lot of players that we've had in the past, it was kind of like, oh, let's sell them on and try and maybe make some money out of a like a sell on percentage once they leave their next club. If that makes sense. Yeah, I remember selling selling a, a couple of good youngsters to like Everton and and sending people kind of away and not trying to nurture that talent. But I think it was a cost that Ashley just didn't want to take on with his model of (laughs) run on slim pickings and try and get in people and try and get them to, I suppose, play good and then sell them on for multiple millions of pounds more. Mm. It's a whole mishmash of that the manager's not really having much development talent, but Rafa Benitez wanted to try and get involved with that, but obviously was shut down quite quickly by Ashley, hence him kind of like moving on. So I'm looking forward to seeing more developing and hopefully they come through good, like you see at Arsenal or Manchester City, where the players that are coming through were coming straight mm-hmm. into the first team and holding their own. I mean, look at Rico Lewis for Manchester City. He pushed out Jao Cancelo because Gio Cancelo started getting a bit pissy when he was getting dropped for this young kid. And they went, we don't need you in the team if you're going to be like this.
2: Mm-hmm. Off your pop. Yeah, it's mental, but it's just so positive, And I think it's a direct impact of the introduction of Dan Ashworth. You can now see the influence he is having over the club, which is a, a massively positive influence. It's surprising that someone like Ashton didn't cash in a bit
3: more in the young nurturing and development because it's so much cheaper to bring players through. Like you probably look at how much it's cost if you compare possibly Anderson to Tonali, how much we've paid for a Champions League ready midfielder.
1: cmcdonalds.com
3: He's 23 compared to Anderson who's 20. I bet we've spent a fraction of that on his development even setting up the infrastructure and things like that. It's only good for the club and to bring revenue in whether it be selling them on or boosting our position in the league hopefully. So it'd be Mm.
2: just so good to see the club move in the right direction. Yeah, I think it was the Bristol Rovers fans that coined the Geordie Maradona name for Elliot Anderson. And we've got lots of them sat there on Twitter going, see, we'll a told you so. Sure. Well, <laughs> well, obviously, in a Bristol accent, not a Geordie Anderson. <laughs> but who needs James Madison for 40 million quid when you've got Elliot Anderson through the academy? Let's not try and get ahead of ourselves too much on these <laughs> academy players. Like Jamie Miley he's only just turned 17, so he's got a lot of work that he needs to do, and the club are probably going to have to be very careful with his development. Same for Elliot Anderson. He's pushing on for the first team last year. I had a really good preseason. Let's hope he can take that momentum into this year, but he has the best possible kind of coaching set up there to get the very best out of him and to find what works for him. As Gray said, we're in quite a blessed position now with the addition of Sandro Tonali. We've now got three world-class midfielders in Joe Linton, Bruno Guimaraes and Sandro Tonali. It's going to be difficult for Anderson to break into that team, isn't it, Hodge? Yeah, but I think we could see him on either the right or left
1: and also play as a cam. I don't really think he's too defensively minded, but to counter put my point as well, though, he likes to press quick. And he likes to get a tackle higher up the field, whereas I don't... Which is
2: exactly what we want.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't want to see someone running at him for them, him to try and stop him. I think that mm-hmm. we've got players that are better at doing that. But, uh, I mean, he's got really good feet and he could, he could be a really good utility player and we could play him in quite a lot of positions. I was just thinking before, he kind of reminds me of a bit of a James Milner. Just the way that he acts and that he's so fit and he's got a very yeah. good professional head on his shoulders. And he can play... In a variety of positions, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how he comes on this year. Let's see him at right back. Yeah, I don't
2: think that's a bad comparison. Actually, I see a lot. Of, yeah, I, I think I agree. Gray, did you have a point on on Anderson?
3: Yeah, I just think touching on his fitness. I think imagine that coming off a bench for half an hour to go. Yeah, against you, causing trouble, and isn't it? Look at Gordon and others who love to press on that front foot and are quick and seriously fit players. We're just going to be? serious force, we reckon. Riffin, actually, the impact these players are probably going to have more coming off the bench than starting. is going to be huge. And yeah, it's going to throw a few curveballs to our positions who are going to be knackered against what is already a very, very
2: fit team. And a lot of people say that we just outran everyone last year. It's very exciting to see such a big English contingent and homegrown contingent in the team now as well. If you you think, you know, we've got Callum Wilson working it backwards. You've got Harvey Barnes now. Anthony Gordon, Sean Longstaff, Joe Willock, Dan Byrne, Nick Pope. It's a long time since we've had this homegrown or at least About English Kieran talent. Trippier. Kieran Trippier, exactly. Oh, how, how, the fuck how did you get him? Here. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And I think it's brilliant. And just shout out to Anthony Gordon as well. His assist for Miggy's goal against Atlanta, I thought, was brilliant. Yeah, real direct running and a fantastic end product, which was the path into Miggy, which I thought was great. While
3: we're calling out assists, could I just call out LaSalle's assist? Yeah. <laughs> that ball was unreal.
2: Been watching Sean, hasn't he? Shut our ass, yeah. <laughs> Spent long enough working with him. Thankfully he's finally picked <laughs> something up. I thought it was really classy the way Eddie Howe came out and supported Jamal LaSalle's in that press conference. It's very difficult to sit there and answer questions about not playing and being the club captain, but yeah, a really proud moment must have been for, for Lascelles, but also for the club, for Eddie Howe to take that stand and say, actually, I just want to take this moment to pay tribute to Lascelles, and he absolutely will be the club captain next year. It's not just what you do on the pitch, it's what you do off the pitch as well. And that must have given Lascelles a, a big old boost of confidence. So yeah, I thought that was that was really, really nice to see. Does that mean he's untouchable when it comes to transfers then? Don't know actually, it would be a a bit of a mixed and confusing message. It seems like he's here to stay to me because we probably need that depth, but I guess it all depends on if we bring in another right footed, right sided centre back in the remainder of the transfer window. Who knows? But on that note, actually, brings me on very nicely. Thanks, Hodge. (laughs) Howard said, obviously, in his post match interview in one of the games, that he really wants to add quality depth in positions, so not just bringing in. 27 different players like Nottingham Forest do. It's where we're now moving into the Champions League, making sure that we have a couple of really, really strong players in each position. And it seems like the last few positions left, as we've said, are maybe that right centre-half position, but also the full-backs, brings us nicely on to the Tina Livermento rumours. So I think, Gray, you were saying he's just actually picked a, an injury up in one of their preseason games. So this is Southampton's right-back, who can also play at left-back, Seems like there's quite strong rumours about him joining for 30 million. Or sorry, I think we've bid 30 million quid and they've knocked it back because they want 40 million quid, which seems ridiculously expensive. But sounds like Ashby could be heading out on loan to Swansea. Liveramento Gray, the kind of player you'd like to see come in, does he represent that quality depth that Eddie Howe's been talking about? I think so.
3: He started at Chelsea, didn't he? And then he did, moved yeah. to Southampton. I think he was unlucky to pick up a not quite nasty ligament injury a couple of years ago so he's probably still recovering from that I mean it's a huge injury especially at a young age we talk about that then we certainly need some quality a lot but all the press seems to be pulling up quotes of very high rated managers saying he's an absolute baller he's like a world class player for his age and yeah to be linked with someone like Lidlimento it's yeah it's it's the type of player he needs to be going for and probably again very much a Ashworth-esque signing being in his early 20s and possibly potentially if at that resale side of things, which he was buried at at Brighton, But again, probably a lot of risk with injuries, especially if you went off to an early substitute in Southampton's most recent friendly. It's a funny one, it's been dragging on, and I don't like it when transfers drag on in the press for so long because it's like, is it legit? And Southampton, a club who are relegated, demanding upwards of 30 million for a young player who's just had a significant injury is laughable, really. I don't know yeah. what they're playing at.
2: Tell you what, some of these relegated clubs are doing very well for themselves, aren't they? If you look at Leicester City, I mean, they've got 40 million quid for James Madison and then 38 million, so round it up, 40 million for Harvey Barnes. 80 million quid from two players is going to help them massively. And the parachute fund. Got Southampton, I think they're looking for like 45 million quid from Liverpool for Romeo Lavia. They want 40 million quid for Tino Livramento. That's ridiculous as well. Long gone are the days of exploiting teams that have gone down they're going to fucking dig their heels in aren't they Hodge how much is too much for Tina Livermento what's the walkaway point obviously being the expert that you are and transfers (laughs) on that leg, I'm sure they'll be able to do
1: something where they can put some nice targets in for them and be like if Newcastle finish Champions League again we'll give you an extra X amount of million and try and get a bit of a deal for it because of his injuries and yes good player but he's went down (laughs) at the end of the day Mm. you know what I mean like is he good enough to have kept it single-handedly Probably not, but if he was a shining light, I think people would be really wanting him. The club might really want him, but I don't really think the fans kind of do. Mm. Personally, I just don't think I've seen enough of him, or he hasn't been a, a standout for me that I go and go, wow, it's someone that we really need. Especially, well, we've still got Kraft and we've still got <laughs>
2: thank yeah, you. Ma- yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, so you, you suppose you've got to consider he's going to have to play second fiddle because... You know, Kieran Trippier will be starting right back for the next year at least. He's getting on a bit now, but I like the idea of having someone, a protégé there to kind of pick up the mantle and work with Trippier and be a ready-made replacement for him. But the Newcastle tax, everyone has a limit. <laughs> we thought we did have a ready-made replacement in Harrison Ashby, who also sounds like he's had a, a very good preseason, but it sounds like he's on his way out to Swansea on loan. Bit of a confusing one for me, Hodge. I think, would you like to have seen him stay or do you think you'll benefit from the time away? I think you'll benefit from the time
1: away um, because even if we do end up getting Livermento potentially, I don't think you could see him starting any games unless it was potentially going to be a cup fixture. And the cup fixtures would be against people that Swansea would be playing the championship or lower. So I think it's probably a good shout that he goes away and gets some time somewhere else personally. Because what is he, 19, 20, or just turned 20? So still young, still plenty to develop. Eddie will send him with his instructions <laughs> and there'll be a, a sheet for the Swansea manager and coaching team to be like, look, this is how I want him to play. It's not going to be a do your own thing because I'm, I'm sure
2: Eddie would have sent homework with him. <laughs> Get better. <laughs> I was just going to say, he's, he's 21. I think he's turning 22 this year, which no, is why I kind of thought this is going to be his kind of breakthrough season, especially the number of games that we're going to have to face this season. Gray, what are your thoughts on Ashby on loan?
3: It would be good for him to go and get some football, but also there's a huge benefit of him staying and learning with one of the best right backs potentially in the world. So, yeah, to just be able to sit down at the training ground and just spend time with Trippier, I think would bring his own value, regardless of if he's playing games or not. There'll be plenty of opportunity in the under 23s and the Premier League well they're calling it Premier League 2 now so it's quite tricky why I wouldn't want to be making the decision of whether to send him out or not but I mean probably game time probably be more beneficial but at the same time he needs to be on the phone to Trivia every night to say what should I be doing better <laughs> read me a bedtime
2: story as much is his homework yeah let's watch this space it might just be paper talk but it does sound like he's on his way out for the season one player that definitely is or has head out on loan for the season is jamal lewis so jamal lewis has gone to watford on loan with an option to make it permanent so it's not mandatory it's just an option i think we had jamal lewis on our keep sell loan as a sell it would have been that for the last two seasons probably i was going to say finally glad to have got him off the books but it sounds harsh i mean gray Good opportunity for the player and good opportunity for us to get a player off the books that clearly wasn't going to feature this season
3: yeah I think we certainly need to to strip the squad of numbers and I think good for, for all parties Lewis needs to be going to play football he surely is at the age where he, he's a professional football he wants to be playing football and I think good opportunity to go play at Watford and yeah I mean benefits us to have one last name for Eddie to worry about it just
2: makes the squad a lot more manageable I think <laughs> He had so much promise coming in, but he's just not lived up to that. Obviously, wish him all the best at Watford and hope he does have a good season, but watch this space, I guess. I I wonder
1: if he regrets saying that he wanted to join Liverpool or had visions of getting to a point where he could join Liverpool. Probably. He
2: said that when he first joined Newcastle, didn't he? Yeah, you've got to have those fucking performances to back it up, don't you? Can't just be all talk. But yeah, let's hope he does well there and they pick him up from us. It's one left back off the books as well. Another player that's left after nine years at the club is Carl Darlow, who has departed for Leeds United. Quite sad to see him go. He's been a good servant to the club. I mean, he's not been great, but he's been a good servant <laughs> to the club. <laughs> we obviously got him and Jamal LaSalle as a, a joint deal from Nottingham Forest nine years ago, which seems fucking ages ago now, but it seems that Darlow is on his way out. And I think the rumoured fee is £400,000, Hodge. Is that Quite cheap for you, uh, you know, Carl Darlow had a good back half of the season last season at Hull City, 32 years old, Premier League experience, cheap for you?
1: Absolute steal for what you're saying there, he's got Premier League experience, but he was also really good in the Championship, which I'm sure Leeds are uh, really happy that he's going to be able to pull performances in, which we know he will do. He is a consistent performer, he's just never really set the world light for us to get that starting position nailed down for years and years, or the whole nine years that he was with us. It's not the same go, but I think uh, Leeds have got an absolute steal there by a couple of million short, (laughs) for sure.
2: Yeah, I think there was talk that it was potentially going to be 5 million quid, which I thought was probably more fair in this day and age, but it's, what, how much should we say? 30 quid off the wage bill in a time that we need to be managing financial fair play. 100 appearances he made for us across all competitions. So decent service over that nine-year period. I think the game we'd probably all remember him for is that game against Rotherham. In the championship where he kind of yep. fucking trips over the ball he kind of tries to take the ball on the edge of the box and he overshoots it then the player picks it up he falls over deandre yedlin or something and by yeah. some miracle makes a brilliant save but also didn't he save two penalties against nottingham forest in that game a few years ago that was a total shit show oh, um, and the referee yeah. got suspended
1: oh fucking what was uh, henry Lansbury was an absolute yeah, prick that game wasn't he?
2: he was a bastard I just hope it was Carl Darlow in goal, otherwise we've made that whole thing up. <laughs> that but, uh... sounds... <laughs> yeah. Oh God, remember him, fuck me. Yeah, so all the best to Carl Darlow. Uh, obviously, we can be in this magnanimous position as the richest club in the world that's bringing in all this fucking world-class talent. We can be in this position to be like, all the best to you, Carl, but we don't want you at the club anymore because you're not up to standard. Now we've got Loris Karius, the Champions League. Absolute fucking legend. I guess that brings us, you're probably surprised that we haven't mentioned it so far already, but it brings us on to the very sad news. We've had to say au revoir to our French import, the mercurial talent that is Alain Saint-Maximin. After four seasons, 124 games, 13 goals across all competitions, we say see you later to ASM. It's all been masked under, obviously, the guise of financial fair play. I think Eddie Howe's come out and said that he didn't want to get rid of him, or sorry, didn't want to lose him. I think even Maxi's come out and said he didn't want to leave, but some things have to be to further our growth, don't they, Gray?
3: Yeah, certainly sad to see him go, but I think, again, benefits everyone. And, yeah, I mean, certainly seems to be a really light character. Everyone's been sending him messages and, yeah, nice little tribute. Yeah, it was nice, that. He certainly posted a really, I don't know how to describe it, just a really kind of like warming kind of like thank you very much uh, farewell letter. Did you cry? I didn't know. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think after so much people questioning kind of where did he want to be I think it's actually in the end turned out that he very much wanted to stay. He was trying his best. He was there in the dark days and helped keep us up. So he was that bit of shining light him and Willich in that season under Bruce. Mm. Then yeah, I mean, I'd have loved to see him in the black and white shirt in the
2: Champions League. But yeah, I wish him all the best. And yeah, hope it is a good move for him and his family. Oh, well, I'm sure it will be on the fucking hundreds of thousands of pounds he'll be making every week. Just seeing Sadio Mane has gone off to Saudi Arabia for 650 grand a week or something. Fucking ridiculous money they're paying out there. Uh, but back to ASM Hodge. I mean, great touch on it there. That's the thing, wasn't it? He gave us that talent. He gave us that hope in terrible seasons he was there to bring that bit of excitement which is as Newcastle United fans something that we absolutely love we love mm. characters like ASM that have a character have a personality that can produce that bit of magic on the day as well
1: I do think he gave us all for the club in in his own way apart from defending that's what I was getting the point of <laughs> sorry he wasn't the overall player he was exciting he was different gravy he was something that we hadn't seen for a while and was giving us something to cheer in really shit times of football. So to have a click with him, and obviously he fed off that whenever he thought that he needed to save the game by himself, he would do it, <laughs> which not a lot of players can say they can do. I just think with the team that we have now, I think he would be a little bit lost and a little bit disappointed that he wouldn't be getting as much game time and being able to show off his flair in the mm-hmm. Champions League, which is why he wanted to be at the end of it. He obviously believed in the plan. And I think he said he will always be watching Newcastle. He'll always be a fan of Newcastle. Always a Geordie. He said, I'll see you soon with little, little eye emojis. <laughs> I wonder what that means, but he loves to be cryptic, doesn't he? Is he coming back <laughs> on loan? Imagine. Probably,
2: yeah. <laughs> on loan for free. <laughs> <laughs> they get the Saudi club to pay all his wages. <laughs> I was going to say, is it one of the 17 clubs that our club already owns as well? <laughs> God knows. It's sad, but I think one important point that you mentioned there, Hodge, is like, he doesn't really fit the style or the system that we play. He's not there for that high press. Doesn't have defensive burn in his body. You could see him going to a team and absolutely crushing it in Saudi Arabia. But that high intensity, high press, high defensive line style of play that we play, Maxi, unfortunately, was not suited to. Where he was suited was that Bruce style of play, which was sitting back, taking all the pressure, taking all the pressure, try and catch him on the break. That's where he really shone through and he looked really good but this kind of trying to dominate the play in the opposition's half is not suited to Maxi. So as much as I'm sad to see him go from a character point of view, I think the transfer makes sense for us. Really sad to see it happen, but I do think Harvey Barnes is a significant upgrade on ASM. So yes, all the best to to Maxi. ASM, hopefully yeah, we see him back on loan in the second half of the season next year, when we need a, a few more legs through the door. Right, I think that there's been lots going on. There's shitloads that we haven't even mentioned. Things like the new Fan Zone plans, the new Amazon documentary trailer dropped. All very exciting stuff for us to talk about in our next podcast. So I think by the time we are recording again, we would have had the inaugural Cellar Cup at St. GM's park. Who would we playing? Is it Villarreal and Fiorentina we're playing? I believe so. Yeah.
1: And the Lassies are playing as well on the uh, Saturday, I think.
2: They are indeed, yeah. So it should be a very good weekend of fun and football. Yeah, Fiorentina first, and then Villarreal the next day, which is going to be a bit tough on the players, but it'll really test the squad. So yes, the next time we're speaking to you will be after the Salah Cup. We've got loads to talk about, but that pretty much does us for this one. So thanks very much for listening. We really appreciate it if you give us a follow on the socials, as we said before. And Grey just wants to say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how we ending? You don't like it when I change it, do Down you? Down in the doldrums. They don't like it. <laughs> no, thank you all very much for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Bye bye. Goodbye.
1: Fon, 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 fon.
2: Au revoir. What was it? Madison. <laughs> fon, fon, you
3: should have seen the